I'm Damian Bolwa. Today on Fifth and Mission, you may have noticed that despite San Francisco's vibrancy and bustle, there are vacant storefronts all over the place. But it's North Beach, the city's Little Italy, and one of its most famous neighborhoods that has been hit the hardest in the last year. Chronicle reporters Roland Lee and Shwanika Narayan took a deep dive into the neighborhood, where the vacancy rate grew from 13% in 2017 to 21% in 2018, the sharpest increase of any district in the city. Here's Shwanika and Roland. The sign is still there, but the scent of roasted coffee that joined locals and tourists to North Beach's Cafe Roma for two decades is gone. The cafe closed in early 2018. Since then, the space has remained boarded up. The cafe is far from the only empty space in the neighborhood. The number of vacant retail properties in North Beach has jumped from 28 to 45 in just one year, alarming residents, business owners, and City Hall. One former Cafe Roma customer we spoke to lamented the state of things. Here's Tony Sertulli. I haven't been here for like, what, seven, eight months, and like yeah. five, six, seven restaurants closing. You've seen all the signs available for rent and yeah. for lease. It's like, wow, it's, it's shocking. North Beach represents what's happening around the city and the world. People talk about ghost malls in the Midwest, San Francisco's Gymboree, and Charlotte Russe went bankrupt. Headlines about the retail apocalypse abound. The retail apocalypse! Store closings, the death of the mall, the complete and total takeover of e-commerce. It's the end of shopping as we know it, right? But Census Bureau data shows that physical retail revenue is still growing, albeit slowly. More seems to be happening in North Beach. Well, it's become an eyesore throughout San Francisco, the growing problem of empty storefronts. North Beach has the fourth highest concentration of empty storefronts among the city's 24 neighborhood commercial districts. The others are in the Bayview, Excelsior, and Ocean View, far from downtown. Mayor London Breed said in December that the long permitting times for businesses is a major reason storefronts stay empty. It's really hard to do business in San Francisco, and small businesses, they, um, in many instances, they are, again, managed and run and organized and everything by the owners, and then when there's too many layers of process and requirements and fines and permits and you know, all of that, it's, it can be quite discouraging. Is it overly protective almost? I, I, I think some, in some instances it, it goes much too far. Long permitting times aren't the only reason for vacancies in neighborhoods like North Beach. There's a need for earthquake retrofits, which account for a quarter of the neighborhood's current vacancies. There's been bad luck too. Two fires in North Beach have gutted historic buildings that housed a half a dozen businesses, not to mention high construction costs tough zoning restrictions, and high rents. Supervisor Aaron Peskin, who represents North Beach, wants to tackle the issue of greedy landlords. His solution? A vacancy tax. There is a portion of the lessor community that has um, unrealistic expectations of value in this superheated economy that um, ends up leaving ground floor retail spaces that people would otherwise rent vacant. Brokers and landlords disagree and say rents in North Beach are similar to other neighborhoods like the Castro and the Mission, usually ranging from $36 to $48 per square foot annually. Danny Sauter, president of community group North Beach Neighbors, says there's evidence of bad landlords. But he says it's important that the vacancy tax doesn't hurt good landlords who are trying to fill spaces. From the research we've done, we know that it is true that there's 
one or two bad landlords that are disproportionately keeping uh, keeping spaces in North Beach um, on hold. You know, they're they're uh, they've been vacant for years. There's just not much interest in, in renting them out. It seems the thing to be careful of there is that it's it you know that it only impacts the true bad actors. You know, it's not a situation where somebody's le legitimately trying to rent out their space or, or you know they do have someone who wants to rent it out but then that person gets stuck stuck in permitting you don't want to just add more and more um, of a process Sauter also says North Beach needs to strike a balance between respecting its history and bringing in newcomers it is a, a tough balance you want to um, evolve the times you want yeah. to you know, provide services, provide retail, provide um, experiences that are in demand right now. Yeah. Um, but you don't want to lose the history. You don't want to turn this into, into something that it isn't. You got to stay true to the history without going back in time. The vacancy tax could head to voters in March 2020. Next up, we're joined by Chronicle business editor and North Beach resident Owen Thomas to talk more about the vacancy problem. Here's business editor Owen Thomas with reporters Roland Lee and Shwanika Narayan. I've lived in North Beach for more than a dozen years, and I actually brought up this idea of doing something on retail vacancies with Shwanika and Roland from the, uh, from the first moment we spoke when I was interviewing them both uh, for positions at the Chronicle. Yeah, I remember we were getting coffee at Blue Bottle across of course. the street. <laughs> and you mentioned that you know, retail was a really big part of the beat. Um, something that I had actually never covered directly and, um, you know, that you had basically seen with your own eyes, this huge upsurge in vacancies and you were wondering what was going on, why was it happening, um, just trying to, you know, figure out what was going on below the surface. Absolutely. The joke in newsrooms is that news is what happens to an editor. Uh, but I was, I, I was genuinely noticing this thing and wondering, uh, about all the vacant storefronts, especially in North Beach. North Beach is a very old neighborhood in San Francisco, a very stable neighborhood. And uh, so that kind of dramatic change just jumped out at me. But Shwanika, when we first talked about the story, my concern was I really wanted to not just go on gut instinct, but really go out and get some data. What did, what did you find and what were the challenges in getting kind of good data on the, on the problem? One of the difficult reporting processes uh, when it came to this story was just getting a hold of good data. Um, on the micro sort of neighborhood level, uh, there isn't much. A lot of economists also just tend to look at the city state level um, uh, concerns. Um, so what I did was reach out to Yelp. Uh, they had a list of vacancies and reporting of stores that had closed. But the issue with that sort of set was, um, you know, uh, they didn't keep a track of companies or businesses that had opened. There was really nothing from the city either. Um, and it was a lot of shoe leather reporting and sort of going to the neighborhood ourselves and double checking some of the um vacancies we had heard of once we did get the data from planning, uh, which took a few months, I think. So it was just once we got the data, that's when we could really go forth with the story. Um, but it was really difficult in even knowing who to turn to to get this. I think readers often don't realize how, you know, a project like this, which they can, you know, just read in, in an afternoon, um, is may take months to get going. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, I know it's been 
percolating for a while. When did when did you guys feel like we really were onto something? I felt like when we had like different sets of data that we could cross reference. Uh, I felt a little bit more secure once I had Yelp the city data. And I think once we got sales tax data from the controller's office too, we felt a little bit more secure uh, in terms of just going specifically neighborhood level, uh, highlighting North Beach, because now we actually had numbers and figures to to work with. Um, and then, of course, uh, I think that really jump-started our reporting and reaching to businesses uh, and the supervisors. And and, and from there, we, it was just to get a go-ahead. Absolutely. And I, you know, I felt like we needed to be really rigorous if we were going to tackle North Beach as the first neighborhood. It needed, you know, not to be because it was, you know, my neighborhood or, you know, based on a gut instinct or a casual observation. The sales tax data, I agree, was key. That showed that there was a quantifiable problem that the that the vacancies were causing a drop in the local economy in in you know in San Francisco's government revenue. And I think that's where I said we, you know, we have something serious here, and we should we should charge ahead full force. Yeah, I think the what really struck me was that you know, North Beach went from kind of middle of the pack in vacancy to twenty percent in just a year, uh, so you know, seven percent jump roughly, going from kind of middle of the pack to one of the most troubled neighborhoods in the whole city, um, and the only really comparable ones are in the south, kind of away from downtown you know, less wealthy uh, demographics and, you know, just areas that don't really have as as robust of a retail market. So that, I think that was really striking. And I think that's why this made North Beach a really good neighborhood to focus on first because of that big jump in vacancy. One of the puzzling things, Shwanika, when you talk to some economic experts is when they talked about shifts in retail away from kind of the mall store and, you know, just like shopping to shop versus shopping as an experience, that seems to describe what you would find in a neighborhood like North Beach. I mean, people come to people watch to learn about the neighborhood's history, to go to one of a kind stores like, um, you know, like City Lights Bookstore, uh, to go to the old Italian restaurants. North Beach seems to have so many things going for it in, you know, even in the age of Amazon. Why is that not doing more for the neighborhood, or what are the countervailing pressures that are uh, eroding those advantages? Yes, it's there's no secret that there's um, industry wide uh, shifts happening, like the rise of online shopping. But yes, North Beach does provide a reason for people to visit stores there because it is an old, charming neighborhood. It has a has a lot of history. Um, I think North Beach is like every other neighborhood that is dealing with sort of the decline in food traffic. Um, but there are some other deeper causes that affect this neighborhood particularly. Um, for example, there's also two fires that have closed down a whole block of businesses that have not reopened. I think actually just one open, Coit Liquors. In another location. In another location, a block away from where they used to be. Uh, but the six other or the five other that were there have not reopened. So now there's like this big empty building, a giant building in North Beach that has no tenants. It affects the feel of the neighborhood when you have vacancies like that, that. It's not interesting to walk past a vacant storefront. It's it, kind of depressing. It is. And North Beach also has very strict zoning issues um, or policies, <laughs> I should say. 
uh, one of these store owners I, I spoke to, or a restaurant owner, um, Mattia Cosmi of Italian Homemade, he actually bought a cafe. He actually bought a building uh, that used to house Cafe Roma. Um, and he bought that in October. And his his restaurant is still not opened because that location was zoned as a limited restaurant, meaning it cannot have a kitchen. And in 2014, when he first opened the Italian homemade location in North Beach, he's gone on to other San Francisco neighborhoods and opened restaurants there without any issues. Instead of expanding at home in North Beach. Instead of expanding at home in North Beach. But, you know, now that he's back trying to expand there, this seems to be the only neighborhood uh, where long permitting or sort of a lot of paperwork um, is required or one of the, the neighborhoods that, you know, um, requires additional steps to get this going. To be clear, permitting is a citywide issue, and a right. city study found long delays in every neighborhood. But we found, actually, by the numbers, that North Beach was slightly above average in mm-hmm. the length it took to get a permit. And it seems like the odds that you'll need a more complex permit, which causes more delays, are higher in North Beach. Roland, you spoke to a number of landlords, and the frustration that they seem to express is that the city thinks that they can just magically find tenants and they you know they more or less said you know hey you know the people are not knocking down our doors trying to rent these spaces is that a fair assessment of kind of their their point of view yeah they definitely blamed city permitting a lot and i think part of this you know his, historical context and you know it's obviously an advantage that north beach has so much history but I think their view is that actually this kind of living in the past idea is preventing new businesses from coming in because, you know, one thing that surprised me was that the neighborhood actually wants to you know, kind of limit the number of restaurants and bars. You know, you think of North Beach as a really big Italian food place and, you know, you would imagine there, you know, there should be more restaurants allowed. But actually there's this idea that you want to preserve additional, uh, you know, traditional retail and limit the amount of restaurants, which was kind of surprising. They also blamed online shopping as a big threat to traditional retailers and said that that was also leading to the vacancies. Absolutely. And, you know, I think that is a real trend that we see. But we also know from census data that physical retail spending is actually not decreasing. It is just growing more slowly than it might have without the growth of online shopping. So I feel like sometimes landlords might be pointing to that and not, you know, maybe overstating the uh, the de- degree to the, which you know the degree to which that's a problem. What about the chain store ban or the formula retail ban, as it's called in San Francisco? Is that really a big factor here? Uh, it's hard to say. I mean, Supervisor Peskin mentioned there's been no studies to show that you know, the formula retail ban is causing vacancies. But I did talk to um, a product manager at this new condo building in North Beach, which is um, the Palace on Washington Square. It's basically the only new housing project in the area. And uh, you know, the manager there said that because of this chain store ban, you have to rely more on mom and pop, you know, small operators, um, and they just don't have as much money to get through the long permitting process. And also, they don't have an established brand when they open that will draw in people kind of from all over the city. They have to kind of build up a new brand themselves. So he thinks that it definitely makes it harder. Um, it limits the number of you know, operators that can go into a neighborhood. And it just you know, makes it more financially challenging for them. And that's one thing that came up is in San Francisco, it is a practice that if you lease a space, you are paying rent on it from day one. 
uh, even if you can't open right away. And is there any thought that maybe landlords need to become more flexible about the rent they charge before you know a business has customers coming in the, the door? Yeah, I think they're you know it's not it's somewhat common to have at least maybe a month of free rents, but you know pretty soon you'll be paying rent, and it can take you know a year or more to get all your permits. So I think you know some brokers are mentioning that this negotiation between how much not just how much rent you'll pay, but when do you start paying it has become a really popular issue uh, because you know, landlords and tenants realize it could be months or even years before you open. So that might be something where we we see some change and and progress, and it's something the landlord the landlord community could uh, could do to kind of contribute to solving the problem. Well, that's interesting. What other solutions have people talked about in the neighborhood? What uh, is there a light at the end of the tunnel here? Yeah, so so so. <laughs> um, some of the solutions, at least from the city level. Uh, has been, you know, uh, Sandra Fewer who introduced a vacancy registry. Now, the city already had a registry, but it was mostly self-reported or complaint-driven. And what Sandra Fewer's vacancy registry does, which was approved in April, uh, is that it now makes it mandatory for landlords to report vacant properties. And another thing that's in the works right now is a proposal by Supervisor Aaron Peskin, who represents North Beach, uh, about a vacancy tax. Um, his proposal is to sort of weed out the what he calls the greedy landlords. Um, and so if a property is vacant for six months, um, after that, you get charged a $250 fee or fine a 250 day. $250 a day. A day. Um, but the question there is, how do you determine who the bad landlords are? And he's saying that he's setting up some criterias with uh, I think the Department of Building Inspection uh, to to come up with that. And to be clear, it has to face several hurdles with the Board of Supervisors. Right. It's not even a clear, finished proposal yet. Yes. Yeah, and he, I mean, he characterized it as going after landlords who are intentionally leaving their store their storefronts empty. And how you measure that is really, I mean, yeah. it seems unclear. I mean, if you're putting a poster on the door saying this is for rent, but you're not really marketing it aggressively, does that count as being, you know, intentionally? leaving it empty. So I think there's a lot of questions around that. And we are actually seeing a lot of vacancy measures around the country even. You know, Los Angeles just proposed one for housing. Oakland passed one uh, two years ago. So it seems to be a growing trend that, you know, these cities want to tax vacant properties. But the landlords and brokers have reacted strongly. They see the vacancy tax as kind of shifting blame. Is that correct? Yeah, they, they basically characterize it as because the city has already made it really hard to build these storefronts and now they want to tax. Essentially them. fine or yeah. punish landlords. Yeah, so it's like on top of making the process really difficult, they're now going to go after landlords even more. And that's their view. So it seems like one thing one thing we've heard from many folks is there's no one solution. There's no, so, there's no uh, quote, silver bullet, as I think uh, one person put it. Uh, but a lot of things that the city and landlords and business owners need to try and see if we can get closer to a solution. Yeah, absolutely. Some of the other things, we're just having more events um, in neighborhoods to kind of draw foot traffic, making it easier to have um, food serving or coffee or cafe um, inside a traditional retailer, which is very hard right now. Um, Also, just, you know, there's talk of maybe loosening the chain ban a little bit to allow more local retailers to move in, although that hasn't really gone anywhere, but that was an idea as well. 
so I think there's there's definitely a lot of issues and challenges, but also you know potential solutions as well. A solution the the survey recommended that came out earlier this year was um, sort of streamlining the um, neighborhood notifications that go out uh, when a space changes use. So if a retail store is converting into a restaurant, neighborhoods need to be. Uh, within 150 feet need to be notified about what is going to go up there. All the neighbors need to get a notice. And they Um, can object. They can object. That is going to be 30 days. And then they can also file a discretionary public hearing review. Um, And there is no need to get signatures. You can just do that. So this all adds to the long permitting process. So doing something about that uh, is key as well, I think. Well, we'll be studying this closely. We'll be looking at other neighborhoods. You can Uh, keep following along at sfchronicle.com slash business. And if you see a vacant storefront in your neighborhood, a a notorious eyesore or a conspicuous empty space, let us know. You can go on sfchronicle.com and look for the retail vacancies story there. And there's a way to submit a tip. Thank you to reporters Roland Lee and Shwanika Narayan, to business editor Owen Thomas, to Libby Coleman for producing this episode and to you for listening. Fifth and Mission is part of the San Francisco Chronicle Podcast Network. If you like this show, we'd love it if you'd subscribe to it wherever you get your podcasts. And if you've got a minute to give us a quick review, that helps us build our audience so we can keep growing. You can support Fifth and Mission and the newsroom that creates it with a subscription to the San Francisco Chronicle. There are print and digital editions. Find out more at sfchronicle.com slash subscribe.